This is Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent Information Security Media Group in India. I'm speaking with Hod Tipton, the Executive Director and President at ISC2. We're going to be speaking about how India can overcome its manpower crunch in the security domain. So my first question to you is, given your global experience and what you see as an organization as ISC2, what are some of the things that Indian policymakers and organizations need to look at to kind of overcome this deficit? We need to look at things from the top down. How do you approach the manpower problem? Uh, we've been asking that for several years, and our, our problem is uh, from the root level, we do not produce people capable of quickly getting out of school, going to work in the digital world. So our academic systems do not produce people that have security embedded in their computer science degrees. Thus, they can't really hit the ground running when, when they get out of school. They have to go through additional training. It's almost like bolting security onto systems once you've already built them. That's a cumbersome and expensive process. Historically, we've had 50% of the security workforce come from some other uh, gender uh, genre of life. Organizations and governments are now seeing the value of investing in schools at the earliest possible age to start developing curriculum and to start getting kids interested in coming into the field. Children do not know of the good opportunities that are out there in information technology and information security and privacy at this point. So they're still pursuing the traditional careers of doctors, lawyers, policemen, firemen. Do you have any comments from an India-specific perspective? For example, what are the kind of certifications that you see are most popular in India, and how is that indicative of the demographic here? There are um, needs all across the board, and as much as that's part of the, of the economy of India now, they need people in all walks of security. The fact that they have a head start in the auditing side is good, but what you need at this point are have people at the practitioner level, the ones who can do the continuous monitoring of your systems. The, the one thing that could add the greatest value to India, and um, in most countries for that matter, are having people who have very expanded technical skills that are deep and are tested and they're experienced and they're hands-on people. They solve problems. In the current security scenario, when you go about building a security program in your organization, what are some things you can do to make sure security is built in rather than added on top of everything else? with the lack of trained personnel to fully staff the way you want an organization, you have to put your people where your biggest problems are. And keeping your business running is the most important thing you have. Uh, if you lose your intellectual property and your ability to operate, that is a bad thing. So you want to get back up and running as quickly as you can, which puts you into a mitigative posture, a restoration posture, and it detracts from the preventative side. My point is you have to stay focused on some degree of preventative and the monitoring can do that to tell you how you got breached or it can tell you how somebody got in where a control was not working where there was something out of compliance. Uh, it can give you information that can be fed back into your preventative strategy. The other thing that has become extremely popular is forensics. Every aspect of IT involves forensics. When something happens, you want the details. You want to know what happened. And they have to know the tools. They have to know how to gather the information, explain the information, perhaps be expert witnesses if prosecution is in order. But they also have to write a report, a layman report that explains what happens that can be used by the people that are managing your security program to go back and say, okay, this is how they got in. We go back and check this was a missing piece of our architecture. So you plug in a piece of that architecture that now all of a sudden gives you a preventative heads up. The security market in India, in as much as the CISO function, we see a lot of CISOs today who are CISAs in India, but very few who are CISSPs. As you mentioned, the CISSP requires five years of experience plus the other criteria. So what does this say about the Indian demographic when you look at the security practitioner in India? Well, I'm looking at it as positive. I'm looking at it as a good start. Each which has a role. 
Otherwise, you've got uh, a CISA trying to be everything and to exercise all of the roles when that violates one of the rules of, uh, of security to start with, separation of duties. You get into conflicts when auditors have to audit their own control sets. We have to uh, trust but validate in the current scenario, there are a lot of gaps in the Indian security landscape. Now, there are situations where you have the controls, but you don't have the expertise. Somewhere you don't have the expertise, you have the policy. Overall, it's difficult for an organization to provide holistic security. So how can one go about remediating this from a holistic point of view? Well, you have to look at your uh, your capabilities. Uh, you have to look at your, your budget picture. You have to look at it as an investment. And I have challenged people from all over the world who say that they can't afford security. I argue you can't afford not to. You have false sense of security if you have a full set of controls. Uh, you have all the authors, and you've got good policies, and nobody's following them. And I think I see some of that in the Indian landscape, but you're not alone in that. There's this uh, tendency for security to be driven by compliances, regulations. What is the way to overcome and not get mired in that? What is your advice to practitioners? I'm not one that discounts what we call the checkbox. I look at that as auditing. Now, it's, it's not practical to have continuous auditing. But most of the time, auditors are, are seen as people who check boxes. You either had the control in place or you didn't. You had your log monitoring on or you didn't. You read your logs, you didn't overlook something. They don't come in and prescribe to you what you what you should have done or what you should have had as a control. They just simply tell you, you're not doing what you said you did. So they are the verifiers of, uh, of, of the security plan. Compliance is, uh, it, it, it's tough. It's probably the most difficult part of running the operation because we haven't really grown comfortable with the consequences of non-compliance. The instances and the mistakes that, that get made in this area make the business people shy about uh, the consequences. Business people still look at security as an obstacle to doing business. So when people kind of break the rules, they are generally breaking the rules uh, for convenience. Uh, so there's two types. There's non-compliance just because people don't understand the security and they bypass it, and then there's the malicious fraudulent intent to do it. Two entirely different worlds. So compliance is difficult, but frankly, without it, without some semblance of consequences for irresponsible actions, we will always have breaches. But how does one get beyond that, get a proactive stance towards security? The compliance is, again, from a proactive uh, point of view, is difficult because it's crime that occurs without recognition of borders. And when you get hit, it takes your forensics guys a period of time just to figure out what happened. It's said that breaches have actually, the, the tools for exploit breaches have been in place in systems for as much as 220 days without being detected. Uh, and when they are detected, it's a third party that finds them. The trail is cold by that time. Figuring out what happened is difficult. So there needs to be much more international standardization upon how these type of things are, rise to a level of consequences. And there has to be recognition that everybody loses when this thing gets out of hand. So it's just going to take a, a lot of iteration, a, a lot of joint policy making and agreements and standards building across nations and, and within companies and governments uh, as well. It's not just governments and nation states, it's corporations. They are still very reluctant to share information on what happened. There are many obstacles that have to be addressed in, uh, in your security plans, so they have become quite large documents. The one thing that India produces more than any other place in the world, that's software, and that's my pet peeve, is uh, 
Nobody is demanding that we produce better software. Just demand we produce it fast, cheap, and user-friendly. And it just gets tiresome to see the same list of the top 10 vulnerabilities when they're 15 years old. And we don't fix them. We continue to patch. We continue to make systems more complex without concern about building that security in from the front end. Programs out there, there's ways to do it. We've got case studies. We've got models. All people have to do is demand it. But uh, until secure software becomes a differentiator or product, and I can brag that my software is more hacked resistant than yours for the reasons A, B, and C. I use certified people to build mine, for example. I test it in different ways. We don't see companies bragging about how secure their software. Have you noticed that? That's not their selling point. It's how fast it is, how easy it is to use, how many hours of the day it will save you, how many people you can reduce. You don't hear them brag about security. We've got to get there. This is Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent Information Security Media Group in India. Thank you for listening.